Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Once again, we're happy to have Francis Ball with us in the studio to fellowship about our life study of Genesis. Welcome back, Francis. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Francis, I'm looking forward to this life study. Uh, This one should be very instructive and helpful to anyone desiring to live by faith. We've seen before that we really need to look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob collectively if we're going to get a full picture of God's calling. What is this about? Well, I do believe that uh, anyone wanting to live by faith has a wonderful picture that's already been opened up to us in previous broadcasts. This particular question that you ask regarding Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and what's recorded about their living uh, really reminds me of a verse in Romans chapter 15. In verse 4 there, it says, For the things that were written previously were written for our instruction, in order that through endurance and through encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And then uh, verse 5 says, Now the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind toward one another according to Christ Jesus. These verses reminded me how much we need to look at these portions throughout the Bible, but particularly in Genesis where so many seeds are sown regarding uh, our living. Uh, We have to look at this in a very experiential, practical way not just like Bible stories, not a story about Abraham and then another story about Isaac and then another story about Jacob, but to realize that in this light, all of these three are really one person, and that one person is you and me. For us to experience all that's opened up in their living really will be a big help to us to live by faith and give us a lot of encouragement in our daily walk with the Lord. Thank you, Francis. Let's join Witness Lee now with today's life study from Genesis as we look more deeply at Abraham. Among all the history of mankind, there has never been a book so wonderful as the Bible. As we have seen in the past, the experience of the covenant is composed with three aspects. The first aspect of Abraham, the second of Isaac, and the third of Jacob. With the first aspect, we have seen the first stage, his being called. Now, we come to the second stage of the first aspect of the experience of the called one. That is the living by faith. Or you may say, a life by faith. It is the daily living, the daily work of the called one who lived not by sight, but by faith. 
the whole biography of Abraham was a seed. And don't think this was a seed of a doctrine. No, this was a seed of your history. And you have to know your history grows out of his history. In the sense, you and Abraham are really one. We, the believers, are the real descendants of Abraham. And he was the real father to all of us who have been called by God. So, when we read his biography, his history, we have to see our own. Okay, in following the Lord, these tabs are, number one, being called. And number two, living by faith. Abraham was called. And we have seen his answer to God's call was a kind of dragging. Dragging through the mud and water. We didn't see a clean-cut answer by Abraham to God's calling. How about you? You have to say, that was my story. Because your answer to the Lord's calling has been exactly the same. Let me check with you. Didn't you bring a lot with you? Abraham brought one lot. Have you only brought one lot? You brought a lot. (laughs) A lot of lots. Right? But anyhow, God is God. God is sovereign. Regardless how Abraham was dragging through the mud and water. Eventually, he not only got called, but also got caught. Eventually, he was out of his country. And he was out of his father's house. Eventually, he was brought to Mori of Sikkim. Eventually, he was brought to the very place which God intended to have him. Eventually, he arrived at that place. So what happened? God appeared to him. God's appearing was a seal to his answer of God's calling. I tell you, God did get a full answer to his calling. I'm so glad to say this. I don't care how your young brothers are dragging your feet. I have the full assurance before the Lord comes back, you'll be fully called. You have to believe this. We, the Christian workers, all need to have such a faith. Never be disappointed. Never see, oh, there's no hope with this brother and there's no hope with that brother. We all have to say, there's much hope with this brother. And there's much hope with that sister. Much, much hope. You just wait for a while. Everyone will be brought to Mori. Francis, we're seeing in this portion that 
the matter of God's calling of Abraham was very much connected with his appearing to Abraham, which he did repeatedly. What does it mean that God's appearing was a seal to Abraham's answer to God's calling? I believe this can best be explained, maybe, and brought into our experience to realize that if you're a believer, you have experienced God's calling. At one time, God has called you. There's no one who has really been born of God, who has received Christ, who has responded to God's love, who is not called. We're all called if we've responded to him. But we saw how Abraham's responding went through a lot of experiences. I think a witness Lee referred to it as dragging his feet through mud and water. At least I can testify that my experience is very much like this. I realized I was called of God. As a young man, about 19, I had the realization that God had called me. But I didn't know what to do, and I just went according to my own natural understanding. And uh, God never gave Abraham a road map how to go to get to his destination, and he never gave me a road map either or a set of instructions of how I should go. But time and again, as we have seen, God appeared to Abraham. This appearance, it might have been something physical. It might have been something he saw with his own physical eyes. I don't know. But according to the present New Testament way, the appearing of the Lord is not something outward like seeing a vision in the sky or seeing something uh, physically. But the appearing of the Lord is a confirmation that we're following him. In other words, when you're going along and you're not so sure that you're really doing what you were called by him to be doing, and yet the Lord comes to you, inwardly you have the realization the Lord is with you. That gives a seal to the fact that you are called, and that strengthens you to walk by faith, just like it did with Abraham. We really cherish this kind of appearing, much more so than even something miraculous and outward, don't we, Francis? Right. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. At Murray, three or four things are very significant. Number one, God appeared. God appeared. And number two, there was an oak. And number three, Abraham built an altar. Now, what is the seal to your calling? The seal to our calling is God reappearing. God coming again to us is the seal of our answer to God's calling. This reappearing of God is the very strength to Abraham for him to live by faith. If you read the record of Genesis, you can see by his time the way of the humankind to live was building a strong city with a high tower, building a strong city for their protection. 
and high tower for making them a name. And the way of the human living was fully revealed, developed at Babel. At Babel, you can see a great city was built by man. Not with God created the stone, but man made bricks. And we have seen the brick made by man was the full killing of all the life in the soil. But now, this called one lived in a way absolutely different from that way. After God reappeared to him to uh, put a seal to his answer to God's calling, right away, Abraham built an altar. Not to make himself a name, but to call upon the name of the Lord. God's reappearing to him meant everything. God's reappearing to him was not only sealed to his answer of God's calling, but also a strengthening that caused him to live in a different way from the human king. I tell you, his building of the altar was an anti-testimony to the whole humankind. Now, we have to find out at what time Abraham got God's reappearing. While he was passing through the long journey, he didn't have his own choice. And Hebrew 11 tells us when he was going out, he didn't know where to go. He didn't have a map like you, brother, driving a car. He didn't have such a thing. What he had was the living God. While he was journeying, he had to look to God. All the time, look to God. God is his direction. You see, God's presence was his route map, the living route map, until he traveled through and arrived at Mori. At Mori, God wouldn't go on. But rather, God appeared to him. And that reappearing of God said something to Abraham, that this is the place where God wanted him to be. The first appearing doesn't depend upon our side. Because God would initiate the calling. But listen to this. After the first appearing, every appearing is not up to God. Every appearing depends our condition. You see the point? If Abraham would have never arrived at Mori, he could never have God's reappearing. And this reappearing was the strength for Abraham to go on with God. And this going on of Abraham was just his living by faith in God. 
Well, Francis, to me, this was a very good portion. I like the point that Abraham, on his long journey into a completely new land, did not have a roadmap. You alluded to this previously in your comments, and we see it again here. But rather, his map was a living person. Why don't you develop this thought for us in a practical application to our own living? I believe in uh, Witness Lee's speaking, this has been made very clear that Abraham was called, and he was called to go to a land that he didn't know and to take away that he didn't know. He only had the presence of the Lord as his guide, as his map. You know, today, because we are children of God, born of God, We have the Spirit of God within our spirit. And while we don't have a set of instructions for each individual life, how to live it, yet we do have a spirit. And when we contact the Lord in our spirit by calling on Him or by uh, responding to Him in our praying and opening our heart to Him, we have the assurance that the way we're taking is of the Lord. That's not an outward roadmap. But it is an inward guidance, an inward law, an inward law that stops us and an inward anointing that encourages us. So by this way, we can be in the pathway of the Lord, and the Lord will appear to us periodically just to give us the seal of his approval. Dear saints, you have God in you. He is your guide. He is your map. And his presence means everything to our going on with him. Very enjoyable fellowship today. I'm anxious to continue it in our conclusion. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Then, following this, he got another reappearing of God. It is recorded in chapter 13 when he had a trouble with Lot. Abraham gave every choice to Lot. That was a real lesson. Then, after Lot was separated from him, God came again. You see, this reappearing was due to the fact that Abraham wouldn't fight for himself, wouldn't strive for himself, so God reappeared to him. And this reappearing of God again strengthens Abraham's life by faith. Look at today's world. No doubt, today's world is a big harvest of the human living soon there at Babel. Right? At Babel, a seed was soon. But today, the world is just the biggest harvest of that seed. People are building a great site for their living. And people are building high tower for their name. Today, you look at the situation. Everywhere, just the building up of a protection. And the building up of making a name. Now, we all have been called. How shall we do? I tell you, we have to live by faith. Abraham didn't declare, didn't preach that he lived by faith. I tell you, he just lived by faith. He lived by faith. By what way he lived by faith? 
Number one, he built an altar. What is an altar? In the Bible, an altar means that you have to offer everything you have. And everything you are to God. Before you would do anything for God, God would say, child, don't do anything for me. I want you. You have to put what you are, what you have, on the altar for me. This is the real fellowship. And this is the real worship. The real worship of the called ones is to put everything you are and everything you have on the altar. Everything. An altar means we would not keep anything for ourselves. An altar means that our life is for God. The meaning of our life is for God. So we would put everything on the altar. Lord, from now on, everything's yours. Everything's yours. What I can, what I am, what I have. What I'm going to do, Lord, everything is for you. Everything is yours. I still can recall on the day in the afternoon, I got saved. At the same time, I got called. When I got out of that church building, while I was working on the street, I lifted up my eyes to the heavens, saying, God, from today, everything is for you. That was a real consecration. And that was, in a special sense, the building of a real altar. And I do believe many of you tonight in this room all had such an experience. When you say, Lord, from today, everything's for you. I tell you, that was the real building of the altar. Whenever we would say this, Lord, from today, everything's for you. Amen. We all can testify. My, the sweet yeah. sensation. Amen. Oh, Lord, everything's for you. Amen. Oh, the sweet sensation. Yes. Oh, the intimate fellowship. Oh, right. the depth we get into the Lord himself. Francis, this is a very striking point that the way of human society is to build a city with a high tower. But Abraham's way as a response to God's appearing and calling was to build an altar. Quite a contrast. Would you comment on this? I do believe we don't need to say much about the way of society. It's rather obvious that what people do today is to build a city for protection and to build up a high tower to make a name for themselves. But Abraham didn't build these kind of things. He built an altar. I think Witness Lee's testimony was really impressive, and I also would like to say this is my desire. And I feel there are many, many of our listeners who would like to be able to say, Lord, I only want you. I don't see anything attractive to me in this world. I want you. I want to be absolutely for you. And when you pray such a prayer, I'm sure the Lord will appear to you and give you the strength and the assurance 
that you're living by faith. Thank you, Francis. Enjoyed our uh, time together today. I did too. Thank you. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.